Well, good morning, everyone. It's good to see you today. If you don't know me, I'm Pastor Robert. I am the online campus pastor, and I also help out with a lot of the online the tech stuff uh, related to online as well. I trust your drive-in this morning was uneventful and safe if you're joining us in person. And if you're joining us online, I trust your walk from the kitchen coffee machine to the couch was safe and uneventful. But I want to talk to you today about the shepherds who were in the field all these years ago here in Luke 2. If you have your Bibles, feel free to open there. If you prefer a digital Bible like me, open up whatever Bible app that you prefer, and we'll begin in verse 8. Here we see an amazing interruption of the mundane, a bursting forth of divine activity in the regular world. Here we see the first announcement of the birth of the Messiah who was born in that little town of Bethlehem. And I believe the Lord sent me here today to tell you and remind you that peace can come from unexpected places. Now, one of the biggest challenges to that inner sense of calm and peace is, of course, raising kids. Yep, that's right, raising kids. If you're a parent or a godparent or an aunt or an uncle, you know exactly what I'm talking about. My wife, Andrea, and I, we have the pleasure and the joy of raising our two kids Five, uh, age five, Lily, and age three, Jojo. And it never ceases to amaze me what they can get themselves into. The, the dumb stuff, and you just, you, it leaves you just shaking your head. Um, if you know kids around these ages, you know what I mean. You know when you're doing a chore around the house, and maybe the dishes or something, and you hear them softly playing in the background, and then you all of a sudden hear it go quiet, almost too quiet. And you don't really want to like go check on them because you know you're probably not going to like what you find. But at the same time, you know if you wait too long that it's going to get worse. <laughs> so then you slowly go creep for them and open up the bathroom door. And then all of a sudden you see Jojo, who's gotten into mommy's fingernail polish, and has decided to paint the walls and the floor a new shade. Well, that's never happened to you? <laughs> I was talking with Kathy Baus, who uh, is our insurance agent. She said that's covered. <laughs> and the reason why? Because the kids are under the age of reason. Oh, I just love that. That's perfect. But stuff like this, it puts new meaning to the phrase, you can't clean up fast enough, faster than they can make new messes. There's this responsibility that comes, though, from being a parent, and you really won't get that until you become a parent. Um, you don't get this sort of responsibility anywhere else. You have human life that you're responsible for, for their safety, for their source of life, for their food, for their shelter. And for the shepherds in Luke 2, we also see a similar level of responsibility that comes from tending sheep. Look at verse 8. In that region there, there were shepherds living in the fields, living there, keeping watch over their flock by night. 
Shepherds of this time were likely lower income type people, and they usually didn't even own the sheep that they were caring for. They were hired hands. They were hired peasants that were responsible for any losses to the flock. So they stayed with the sheep basically 24-7. Now, even though the nature of their work caused them to be pretty smelly, pretty grimy, I don't think they would have been too marginalized in society simply because of this, simply because of their vocation. They were tending to animals that would have been needed for sacrifice each year at Passover. One scholar, he estimates 20 to 30,000 lambs each year would have been needed for sacrifice. So the shepherds would have had their work cut out for them. Now, we aren't told exactly what time of night the shepherds are awoken by the angels, but it's safe to say it was late enough that they were startled. Dr. Billy Graham, he wrote, they had no reason to expect this night would be any different from any other, but God had other plans. This was the night when God himself would come to earth. The dull routine of their lives was suddenly and dramatically shattered by the appearance of the angels, and the tidings of Christ's birth echoed across the skies. And it's really important to note here that God first revealed the news of Jesus' birth to lowly shepherds. Because the angels, they could have come to anywhere, anyone. They could have interrupted the schedules of the religious leaders of the time, the Pharisees, the Sadducees. They could have interrupted the schedules of the political leaders, maybe King Herod. But no, they came to shepherds. And it was the middle of an ordinary night. Now, the shepherds were doing ordinary work, important, but it was ordinary, on an ordinary night. Here we see that God chooses to reveal himself to people in all life circumstances. Before Jesus ever started preaching to the people of Judea, the angels heralded this message, that this event was, here in verse 10, bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. Not only people of a certain class or a certain income, not only people who are well respected in society, not only to celebrities, no, all people. So it's no surprise that God first revealed this news to the shepherds. Dr. David Jeremiah, he writes, Life among sheep lent itself to tired feet, to long work shifts and unwanted aromas. Bears and lions roamed the wilderness, the sheep tended to wander, and the shepherd was expected to seek the lost among the treacherous cliffs. And of course, no other job could have been quite as lonely. Still, the theme of shepherds and shepherding is found throughout the Bible. Moses was a shepherd and a sheep herder when he was on the run. Joseph and his family tended livestock. Even Jesus is referred to as the good shepherd, the great shepherd, the chief shepherd in Psalm 22, 23, and 24. There's this flipping of the dynamic between whom you would expect to receive and distribute this good news. Instead of earthly kings and earthly leaders, no, we have shepherds as the original 
good news bearers. The peasants now have greater importance than the kings. We also have this flipped dynamic in the shepherd's work. Instead of seeking the lost sheep of their flock, they began to seek the lost people who did not know so that they could announce the birth of the coming Messiah. Another reason God chose the shepherds first is that they were ready to hear it. If you look down at verses 15 and 16, it says, As soon as the host of angels left the shepherds, they talked with each other, and they said, Let us go now to Bethlehem. And they left with haste. The story doesn't really tell us exactly what they did with their flock. Maybe they brought them along, but I like to think that they called in the backup crew from the on-call shepherd team and left as soon as they could. It was spontaneous, spontaneous obedience. If you're a parent, you probably wish you had a little bit more spontaneous obedience in your house like me, right? But what's important to see here is that the shepherds were ready to hear the message. They were out in the fields with their flocks. They were on guard. They were ready. They were on the lookout for predators or for thieves who would come and take the flock. And that's why they were so afraid of the angels at first. They were, their hearts were ready to face whatever would come to them, whether friend or foe. Did you notice the panic when the fir- angel first shows up? I think it happens to us sometimes too. Max Lucado writes, God interrupts our lives with something we've never seen. And rather than praise, we panic. We interpret the presence of a problem as the absence of God and scoot. But it just so happened that they were in the right place at the right time to hear the message from God. And they responded. It was probably around a two-mile walk from where they were to where Jesus was. And when they approached in verse 16, they saw just as the angel had told them, Mary, Joseph, and the baby. But they never would have made it there had they not been ready, both physically and spiritually. How many times in our lives do you think we miss a message from God simply because we're not ready to hear it? I don't know, maybe that's why sometimes it feels like in my life it takes a few tries for me to actually take it in and receive the message just because I'm not ready. It's not God, it's because I'm not ready. How many times during the day do we find ourselves simply too busy or emotionally off that God speaking to us isn't even on our radar? I'm a task-oriented kind of guy. I like making checklists and checking things off one by one, going to the next thing. And I guess it's a good thing. It's, it's how I stay organized. It's how I, I don't miss things that could happen that I need to be doing. But it can create situations where I just don't allow myself to be open to interruptions. I kind of resist that, even if it's God trying to speak to me. These shepherds surely paused to try to absorb this moment. I mean, can you imagine a host, which in the Greek it's the same word as army? So an army of angels appearing, filling the sky out of nowhere in the name of peace to whom God favors. And yet, 
The shepherds did not fully understand what that peace meant. There were many expectations for what the Messiah would be, particularly in their context. They were under Roman rule. Many of the ancient prophecies that come out of the Older Testament referring to the Messiah, the Deliverer, the Anointed One, the Christ, referred to a military leader, a king like King David, who would lead their people out of bondage. The current bondage was Roman rule. And so they forced them to follow their customs, their laws, and even pay taxes to Rome. So it was striking that the angelic host declares peace to all whom God favors. They probably expected this Messiah to fulfill that role and break down the Roman rule over their land. They were looking for earthly deliverance, right? Earthly deliverance from their oppressors and looked to the Messiah to establish lasting earthly peace. But the peace that comes is much bigger in one sense, but in a much smaller package than what they had in mind. And Jesus would become eventually their deliverer, but in a much bigger way. These shepherds, they couldn't predict what this meant yet, but they were still overjoyed at the birth because they knew that God was up to something. Has that ever happened to you where you know God's doing something in that situation, but you don't know what it is yet? They knew that the angels had directed them to the one who would be their deliverer. So they were overjoyed about it, and they shared this good news to anyone who would listen. But then they had to return back home. Jesus was a baby. He, he couldn't be their deliverer yet. So they were forced to wait for this deliverance. Sure, they had seen the Messiah, the one who would save them, but Jesus was still a baby. They were forced to go home and wait. Hurry up and wait. It wasn't immediate. They had this hyper-spiritual event and then had to integrate it back into their daily lives. These types of moments happen to us too, right? I mean, our high school graduations, our wedding day, our first child coming into the family, they give us these emotional and spiritual highs, but then we inevitably come back to the normal routines of life. But these events, they still have a huge impact on us and change the nature of who we are. So as we reflect on, our, on where we find ourselves in this story, it calls us to recognize that God uses all different kinds of people to herald his good news. Now this can and often does mean people that we don't expect. And it can even mean you. And it can even mean me. So don't sell yourself short and don't sell anyone else short for what they can do through God. Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. But for God to speak to you and to use you, you got to be ready, right? you got to be open to it, both mentally and physically. Are you like these shepherds on guard throughout the night for whatever might come to them? Or are you in a season of your life where you might just be drifting? I'm not saying it's easy, because it surely isn't. 
Our world today it puts a lot of pressure and a lot of focus on how much we can produce and the efficiency that we can actually do those things. And I'm not saying being productive isn't good, but if our goal is only to be productive, it's so easy to miss out on those opportunities where God can speak to us and to use us. So in the midst of our busy schedules, how often do we take a moment to rest and reflect on what God might be saying to us? Sometimes all it needs to be is a quick 20-second prayer. I don't think it has to be long or monumental always, but it's the intent and the openness that matters. This is super hard. It takes effort. It takes thought, especially when the kids are literally painting on the walls. But it's really important for cultivating that sense of inner peace that comes from our salvation in Christ. It's that peace and calm that comes from nowhere else. This peace doesn't come from Christ as expected military leader like King David. This was a peace that came through Jesus' life and death on the cross. Jesus is king in an eternal way. He's king over death. And if that doesn't give you peace about what's to come, I'm not sure what will. Let's pray. Father God, as we celebrate the birth of Jesus our Christ, who came into this world all those years ago in a manger in Bethlehem, we thank you for the willingness of the shepherds to be the first heralds of his birth. We ask that you would have the same expectancy, put the same expectancy in us as they had in the fields for how you would speak to us and use us to reach the people in this world who have not yet known you. We thank you for the salvation that Jesus offers to us that began in this story of his entering into the world to deliver us out of the bondage of sin. Lord, we thank you that Jesus is the king over death and we look forward to the future we have in you. Be with us as we go and experience the joys of Christmas in this season. In Jesus' name, amen.